This episode is sponsored by me, Andy Hill, the host of this show. If you're looking for someone to support you on your family, wealth, and happiness journey, I'm taking on a select number of coaching clients this year. To work with me one-on-one for your family finances, go to marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching to learn more. Honestly, when you're looking at the best budget apps for families, the best one is the one your family is actually going to use. So there's no one perfect one for everybody. Find the one that works for you, stick with it, and stay consistent. This show is dedicated to helping you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Welcome to the Marriage, Kids, and Money podcast, everybody. This is Andy Hill, and today we're going to do three different things. First, I'll be sharing the top five best budgeting apps for families. Yeah, with the extremely popular Mint budgeting app going bye-bye forever. Millions of people, they're looking for their next family money management solution, right? Well, I've got five for you to consider. Second, we are back with our FinTech Spotlight segment. This month, we're featuring an affiliate partner of ours, which is Fundrise. That's America's largest direct-to-consumer private markets manager. We'll be joined by the CFO of Fundrise, Allison Stallo. With interest rates potentially going down this year, is diversifying in real estate something to consider? Well, that's what we'll be discussing today. And last but not least, we're back with another money quiz. My daughter Zoe's going to be reading the review of the month, and I'm going to be quizzing her with some fun money questions. And we're going to test her knowledge. And hopefully, you guys can play along with us at home, too. All right, let's jump into today's show. A lot of families want financial freedom in their lives. And the best way to achieve that goal of financial freedom is to create a plan for your money. By setting a plan and sticking to it, you can pay your bills on time, you can become debt-free, you can invest for your future, and you can simply enjoy the everyday luxuries of life without worrying if you can afford it or not. And the process of tracking your expenses couldn't be simpler nowadays thanks to these top five best budget apps for families. This list that I'm going to share, actually, it's changed a lot recently with old favorites like Mint going away. I cried a little bit when I heard the news originally, but now I'm feeling good (laughs) because all these new budget apps are popping up on the scene and they're making it actually easier. So to make the process easy for you, we're going to be highlighting the features, pointing out areas of improvement for these apps, and then sharing the costs associated with each of them. That way, you can decide which one is best for you. Our ultimate goal with sharing this information is to help you find the right budgeting app for your family so you can streamline the entire budgeting process and build a foundation of financial security throughout your life. Now, before we jump in, in full transparency, everybody, some of these budget apps on the list are going to provide us with a small commission if you use the links in our show notes. That commission helps us pay for the production of these podcasts. So thank you in advance for considering using those links. Disclaimer out. (laughs) All right, let's jump into number five, and then we'll work our way down to number one. That way, it'll be a little bit more fun. So Coming in at number five, Simplify by Quicken. As the name suggests, this tool is all about keeping things simple. 
Let's talk about the best features of Simplify. Now, if you're familiar with Quicken, then using this budgeting tool is going to make a lot of sense for you. Other things that we like, it's got seamless automation for tracking your accounts. You can receive real-time alerts for the goings-on with your accounts. You can incorporate money goals into your budgeting app. And you have the ability to share finances with a partner. Great for families. And projected cash flows are included as well to see possible future growth. Now, some areas for improvement, as we're going to share with all these. The biggest thing that we'd like to see with Simplify is for them to offer a free trial, which they don't right now. The monthly fee is actually quite modest, but we know that it pains some of my frugal friends out there to pay for tools before you know if they're actually going to work well for you, right? Seeing Simplify in action at no cost might help people make some better decisions around this platform and, and if it's right for them. Additionally, Simplify does not currently offer credit score monitoring. Now, it's not a deal breaker, but that'd be a nice feature to add in the future. That's especially true if you're looking for a budgeting tool that gives you sort of a comprehensive financial picture. Now, what does Simplify cost? Simplify is billed annually and it breaks down to less than three bucks a month, which is a really great deal for anyone. All right, let's jump to number four, Tiller. Tiller is an automated personal finance service that tracks all of your financial transactions, including income, expenses, and account balances through a spreadsheet. Now, there's a lot of spreadsheeters out there. You know, some people just prefer to have it in a spreadsheet. Well, this one is great because it's adding some automation into the process. Peter Polson, actually a former guest on this show, he's a true spreadsheet wizard, and he brought this one to life in 2015. Since then, no joke, the five-star reviews have been pouring in for this spreadsheet-focused budgeting solution. Tiller is compatible with both Google Sheets and Microsoft Excel, so it's a great option for all those spreadsheeters out there. Let's review some of Tiller's best features. They've got a variety of budget templates, which is great. And it also has multiple budget dashboards. It's got automated data importation, so you don't have to enter things manually. I know a lot of people who like spreadsheets out there, they end up having to do the manual importation. Tiller takes care of that. Then you also have the ability to categorize transactions automatically and to create custom category labels if you want to as well. It's got the option for zero-sum budgeting, customized reports. Again, when you're doing spreadsheets, got all sorts of opportunities for reports, and they provide the great templates for those as well. And no ads, which is nice, especially if you're coming for Mint. And some areas for improvement with Tiller, in our opinion. There is one area for improvement that you should know about, everybody. Tiller is not a downloadable app. Yes. It's not something that you can just pull up and say, hey, I want to grab Tiller in the you know Apple store. It's essentially desktop only, unless you want to download your spreadsheets to your phone using the Google Sheets or Microsoft Excel apps themselves. So that's something to be aware of. What does Tiller cost? Well, Tiller is a paid subscription. And after a 30-day free trial, users pay $79 per year, which bills annually and works out to around $6.58 per month. Let's move on to number three on our list, Every Dollar. Every Dollar is a budgeting app created by Ramsey Solutions. This is a business founded by personal finance expert, radio host, and best-selling author, 
Dave Ramsey. You might have heard of him. The app is specifically geared to those following Dave Ramsey's famous money management system, The Baby Steps. So if you are into Dave, you're going to be into this app. Let's go over some of their best features. Personalizing categories so you can have the ones you actually need. Then you've got the ability to split transactions into multiple categories. You can sync with more than one device so couples can use this together. You have the ability to set savings goals. You have the ability to have due date reminders for bills. And as Dave is very famous for, tracking debt payoff. And now that's only available with the premium version, which we'll get into some of those details in a moment. Let's talk about some areas for improvement with every dollar. It's a great tool for families if you follow Dave Ramsey's money management system. Now, there are some definite downsides when you compare it to other apps on the market. The first downside is that the free version does not allow you to sync your bank accounts. So you do have to input every transaction manually, and that can take a lot of time. The second noticeable downside is that it does not offer credit score monitoring, which if you're into Dave, you understand because it's not really a priority for them to track your credit score. It, you become completely debt-free and then you don't worry about your credit score. So that's sort of a, a Dave thing. And then it also doesn't involve investment tracking as well with any of its subscriptions. So let's talk about the cost for every dollar. There is a free and a paid version. The free version gives you access to basic budgeting features like budget personalization, setting up savings funds, and then syncing the app across multiple devices. With the premium plan, which is $12.99 per month or $79.99 per year. You gain access to added features, including connecting your bank accounts, recommendations based on your purchases, and then custom income and spending reports. So let's move on to number two. That would be YNAB, or You Need a Budget. You've probably heard of this one, or there's a lot of you maybe even using it out there. So YNAB was developed by a former CPA named Jesse Meacham. He's actually been on the show as well. Once you jump into the app, you'll see why that's relevant because it is very accounting focused and it just makes sense. It's very, very fluid. So based on Jesse's four rule method of budgeting, YNAB makes this list because it helps people who appreciate being very, very proactive with their finances. And out of all of these, I would say this is probably the most advanced budgeting system. So if you're a newbie, maybe the most advanced might not be the best for you right now. But if you're saying, hey, I'm serious about this one, YNAB could be good for you. It's often recommended by experts. You know, you got your CFPs, you got your AFCs, a lot of people recommending this one because it is quality and it works well and it's proven to help people you know, save a lot more money and pay off their debt, which is great. It's got some nice features. Again, this one is ad-free, so you don't have to worry about any of that. Syncs in real time across multiple devices. It helps you set spending and savings goals with targets like some of the other ones, as well as custom spending and net worth reports. And our favorite feature on this list is their feature called YNAB Together. This feature helps you build a budget with people you share your finances with. Great for a list of best budget apps for families. Now, let's talk about areas for improvement for YNAB. The first issue is that it's quite a bit pricier than the competition. So it's one of the most expensive options out there. The second problem 
is that it takes a lot more time to figure out than other apps. I'll be honest with you. I've tried YNAB now two times. <laughs> this is just my own personal experience. I know there's a lot of people who've had great success with it. I tried it in around, I don't know, 2017, 2018. And I just couldn't grab all of the complexities that were required for me to move forward with it. And then again, as we've moved away from Mint in our family, we tried YNAB one more time. And it just doesn't feel right for me. So that's just me personally. It just takes a lot more time to figure out. And I'm, I got a lot of things going on. So I kind of want to just hit the ball and go. You know what I mean? So many people have great success with it. But some people, you know, if you have a snag and you can't move forward, it may make people give up on budgeting before they even really give it enough time. And that's the last thing that I want for you all who are looking for a budgeting solution. So I don't want you to not budget at all. <laughs> so if you find that it's complicated with your free trial, maybe move on to something else. But if you find, whoa, this makes sense to me, this clicks with my brain, then stick with it. So let's talk about the cost. It's a strictly paid app. There is a free trial, but there's no free version. So you get a 34-day free trial and the app and all of its features cost $14.99 per month or $99 per year. So that's YNAB. Now, let's move to number one on our list this year for the best budget apps for families. I'm going with Monarch Money. Yes, Monarch Money is a powerful tool, not just for families, for all users, really. Whether you're single or a couple, you're going to find this platform equally powerful. It's a paid tool but adding other members of your household, like a partner, adult children, or even parents who might be living with you, that comes at no additional cost. Plus, you can determine what data becomes household data, allowing people to keep certain information separate. It isn't just a budgeting tool either. This is why I really like it. It tracks your spending. It analyzes recurring expenses. It encourages you to set and monitor goals. It calculates your net worth, and it even offers solid financial advice with investment tracking. It's web-based. It's got an app for iOS and Android. So there's a lot of flexibility with it. All right, let's talk about some of the best features for Monarch. Personally, Nicole and I use this app now after Mint shut down, and it's been an easy transition for us, honestly. Some of the ways that Monarch stands out are it's got a fully customizable dashboard that allows users to work with the data they want and need so you can kind of move things around if you don't like what's popping up on the, the top screen. It's got the ability to add other household members with separate login criteria. So Nicole's got her own login and she can check data on her app as opposed to us trying to share the Mint login like we've been doing for the past seven, eight years and making her frustrated. It's got read-only data access and great security, bank-level security to keep our information protected. It's got a focus on future goals and progress towards achieving those. And then again, it's an ad-free experience that never includes any product upselling, which is key. Some areas for improvement that we'd like to see with Monarch now that we've been using it for a little while. It's definitely one of the most expensive ones as well. So I suppose if you're, you know, you're going with the best, you got to pay for it, just like YNAB, right? Some other suggestions we would have would be to incorporate the ability to track your credit score. I think that'd be a nice ad given all of the other information they have on it. Now, 
this information, obviously a credit score, is readily and freely available in multiple places. I'm thinking like a credit sesame or things like that. But having it all in one dashboard would be would be great. And I think that's reasonable enough for them to do. So let's talk cost with Monarch Money. After a free seven-day trial, you have two payment options. You can either pay month by month or a one-time annual fee. Monthly, it's $14.99, where the annual fee would be $99 or $8.33 per month. We went with the one-time fee just to get the slight discount, but you could go either way if you're just trying it out. Just so you know, what's up with Andy? I've been trying this and using it for the past two or three months, and it's going really well for us. We like Monarch. It has history with Mint, if you've been using Mint, and you're looking for something that's Mint-like, it is Mint-like. It actually has former Mint people who used to work at Mint now who work at Monarch. So that's the one we went with. But these are our top five, everybody. I hope this helps you as you make some decisions on where to go. You know, price is important for people. None of these are free, I guess, except for every dollar. That could be something that you could use, but the the limitations on, on the functionality kind of make it pretty limited. But Overall, I think this is a good list, and I think hopefully it helps you guys find something that uh, that works for you. There's so many budgeting apps on the market these days, so I'm glad we hold it down at least to the top five that we've taken a look at and have some experience with. And honestly, when you're looking at the best budget apps for families, the best one is the one your family is actually going to use. So there's no one perfect one for everybody. Find the one that works for you, stick with it, and stay consistent. If you want to access our entire list, including the ones that didn't make our top five, please use the link in our podcast show description. You can click there and get access to all of those. Using that link, as well as the affiliate links that are mentioned in our podcast show description, supports our channel. So thank you so much for considering it. Happy budgeting, everybody. Are you looking for someone to walk alongside you on your journey to family financial independence? Well, I would love to help you achieve your goals and help your family thrive. I work with couples, individuals, and families all around the U.S. via video chat and can assist in the following areas. Becoming debt-free, growing your net worth, crafting and sticking to your budget, reviewing Coast Fire plans, developing strategies to build generational wealth for your kids, and designing your future work-optional lifestyle. Doesn't that sound nice? (laughs) If you're interested in working with me one-on-one, you can book a time with me by visiting marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching. I would love to help you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Visit marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching to learn more, or you can click the link in our show description. If you're looking to improve your financial situation, it helps when you're able to cut out unnecessary costs. Cell phone services are a necessity for sure, but we don't need to be overpaying for them, right? That's why I like Tello Mobile, a phone service worth talking about. We've been fully on board as a family with Tello for over two years now, and we are so happy that we made the switch. For us, the reception and data service is better than Verizon, and our costs were nearly cut in half. Tello runs on the T-Mobile network and it's wowing new customers like us with their rock bottom prices and stellar service. With over 10,000 reviews, Tello is rated as excellent on Trustpilot, and this is quite rare in the wireless world. Nicole and I went for the unlimited data, minutes, and texting plan for only 25 bucks 
per month each. Isn't that crazy? You heard that right. $25 is their most expensive plan, actually. And Tello is running a special offer for MKM listeners right now. Check out Tello today at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello. That's marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello. And use the code MKM20 to get 20% off on your first month of service for any Tello plan above that $10 per month mark. Again, use MKM20 to get 20% off at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello, and you'll be supporting this show. Hurry up. The code is valid until April 19th, 2024. Marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello. For our FinTech Spotlight segment this month, we are featuring our affiliate partner, Fundrise, a platform that gives people a better way to invest in real estate. I've invited the CFO of Fundrise, Allison Stallo, on the show today to discuss why real estate should be a consideration for our overall portfolios. Welcome to the show, Allison. Thanks for having me, Andy. Thrilled to be here. Absolutely. This is great. I have dabbled with Fundrise myself, so I'm excited to chat with you and learn more about real estate in general from your perspective. Let's talk about why it's important for people to consider real estate as part of their overall portfolio. Yes, I think that the two things that stick out to me the most are diversification and uncorrelated returns. So, you know, from a diversification standpoint, every good investment portfolio, of course, should be balanced and and real estate and, you know, alternative assets more broadly, I think are are critical to having a balanced portfolio. And then on the second point, the uncorrelated returns, as you probably know, private market investments have made positive net investment returns over most of the prior decade plus to institutional portfolios. But you know, retail and individual investors haven't historically had access, but I think want and need returns uncorrelated to, to traditional markets. I think the research is pretty clear that portfolios that are overly reliant on traditional markets deliver lower returns and have higher volatility than portfolios that include alternatives like real estate or you know, something in private equity like growth equity. Got it. Well, can you talk about the importance of a lower volatility investment as we maybe get closer to wanting some income streams in our lives or things that are outside of just general growth stocks as we try to build up our retirement portfolios? Lower volatility will will benefit your portfolio because you you won't see the the you know extreme ups and downs over time. So you you'll you'll see you know more resilient growth through you know all kinds of different economic environments. Now there are some aspects where stocks maybe beat out real estate when it comes to certain things. Can you talk about some of those just for some transparency on both sides? <laughs> So I think, you know, liquidity is, is the first one. Of course, you can get even daily liquidity in, in the stock market. Of course, there's advantages to that. Obviously, having access to your capital when and if you need it is important. I'll say there is a premium that you pay for that liquidity, um, kind of a built-in cost innate to public market investments. And, and if you're a buy and hold or a long-term investor, that can be an expensive feature if you aren't using it. I think another major benefit to the stock market is that it's so easily accessible. You can get access to almost any stock at almost any time. And then maybe another feature to to your point about volatility, there is more volatility in the stock market. And while I, I think balancing that and having both in your portfolio is important if you're a day trader or a mean stock trader. <laughs> you know, there's there's the short term ability to to game the system, and and obviously we wouldn't recommend that. But I think some people are are interested in that aspect of the public markets. 
Well, we're nodding our heads and saying, yeah, we need a little real estate in our portfolio to diversify things. But, you know, for somebody like me, I'm a busy dad. I got a lot of stuff going on. I can't really see myself landlording or dealing with a lot of other people in this process. You know, talk to us about how Fundrise steps in to make the process a little easier for people who want to invest in real estate, but maybe don't want to get their hands as dirty as some people who do it successfully as a business. Yeah, so I mean, to, to your first point, the personal management is is often, you know, barrier to entry for people getting into real estate. You have to actually manage the property. You have to secure financing. You have to make property management decisions and and fix any problems that that come up. I think access has historically been an issue. Institutional investors have have been able to access real estate or other alt asset classes. Retail hasn't always been able to get into it or get access to the best investments or even the biggest investments. And that might be in part because of another challenge, which is the investment size. So typically larger checks are needed for real estate. There's the cost of a down payment. And then the amount needed to invest in multiple properties can restrict you from getting appropriate diversification. You can't diversify sufficiently when you're, you're doing it on your own or even when you're investing directly in projects. It takes time to transact. And so how do you continue to find sufficient deal flow to maintain appropriate diversification across multiple properties? And so how, how Fundrise solves those issues is, is number one through the access issue. So our funds are available to individual investors, whether you're accredited or non-accredited. And we've made that possible through, I'd say, both technology and regulatory innovation. And, and our check size is $10. So you can get onto the platform and into our funds with a minimum of a a $10 investment, which is very, very low, of course. You know, we've also focused on incentive alignment and kind of disrupting that in the real estate space. Specifically, our fees are low and non-performance based. So we aren't taking a disproportionate share of your upside. And therefore, we aren't kind of incentivized to make these really risky bets that that you might see in in other private market vehicles. Um, I think... Next, diversification, you know, all, all of our investment products, all of our offerings are in diversified vehicles with exposure to tens or even hundreds of investments in one portfolio. We manage the portfolios and the leverage for you through those vehicles. So you're not having to, to take care of and, and manage individual properties. And then we do that also, you know, creating a strategy. We have multiple strategies, income balanced and growth, but our broad strategy is focused on the macro. So we focus on long-term macro drivers of the U.S. real estate market. Specifically, I'd say looking at the increased demand for well-located residential assets across the Sun Belt. We're buying directly from home builders and leasing up ourselves um, as stabilized communities, which you know I, I think helps our returns. This is kind of focused on the idea that people are looking for not a one-bedroom by the metro, but a three-bedroom by the mountains in, in today's environment. And then also the explosion of e-commerce has driven, you know, a need for industrial spaces and last mile distribution near highly populated cities. And we're we're focused on, on that aspect of real estate as well. Got it. So the shift that's happened over the past couple of years where people are leaving the long term corporate commercial real estate lease is something that you guys are well aware of and already well ahead of diversifying. Is that right? Yeah, it's it's actually been our strategy over, you know, the last 5 to 10 years focused on some of these shifts, these paradigm shifts that that you've seen post-pandemic, but but also explosion of AI and remote work, all of these things um are, are kind of driving we think value into 
this single family residential build to rent category and, and then industrial as well. I've heard the talk over the past, whatever, 10 years, you know, you look for those markets that are favorable for investors, favorable for landlords, but then, you, you know, you fly down there and then you look at the markets and then you got to try to find the person, then you got to find the property management company that'll help you manage things locally. And then you got to find your network of people to help you make sure that the thing that broke doesn't get broke. It sounds like you guys are kind of cutting out all that action. Is that right? Yeah, effectively. So individuals don't have to do it. We we manage that for you. We manage external property managers and, and then we do a lot of the asset management ourselves, cutting out the need for you to be involved in that in any way, even in an oversight role. And the education piece as well, because this is intimidating to a lot of people, including me. I, I, I don't know where to go to invest these things or where to go. I mean, talk about the research side on your side or the education piece that helps people feel confident knowing that they're investing in good areas and areas for growth and for income and dividends down the road. Yeah, so I think our, our user experience is definitely a differentiator. If you go onto our app or our website, you can find, you know, number one, tons of educational articles about how we think about the real estate strategy as a strategy, as well as, you know, different aspects of different types of strategies within the, the broader real estate industry. You can also find a kind of a wealth of information about the product, the projects that we've invested in in our app, and I think that's again a differentiator from from you know maybe a, a traditional real estate manager that you you might get access to through like a you know one of the the large traditional asset managers in a REIT. They're going to be investing through layers of other REITs, and you're not necessarily going to get information on a project by project basis which I think is unique to, to fintech broadly, but definitely to, to our app. You can go in there, you can look at you know, all, of the, all of the data on, on each of the projects that are in your portfolio. Well, you, you brought up REITs. Let's talk about that a little bit because what they do have on, or at least publicly traded, you know, the, the vanguards or the, the fidelities, you could have that liquidity event a lot quicker if you wanted to. Now with Fundrise, you guys are saying up, up front, this is a long-term thing. You know, you want to jump in this. This is five years, 10 years plus. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, we, I mean, as a strategy, you, you should want to be invested in real estate for the, the long-term. You're, you know, you're not realizing, we're not buying and selling real estate assets on a, on a daily basis, of course. And so we think you're going to see the best returns if, if you're in it for the long-term. That said, our real estate portfolios all have a quarterly liquidity feature. And so you can, you can redeem on a quarterly basis. As people are looking towards the future, you know, I saw an article recently that this return to the office or work from home thing is maybe going to be gone by the end of 2024. How, how does that play into your plans for commercial real estate in the future? Or does that affect you guys at all? We're not, we don't have a strategy in office or retail. So there's, there's very little, if any of that in our portfolios. But I, I think to your broader point, just, you know, what's happening in, in the market, in the economy, how are we planning for, for that growth? I think, you know, we would say recessions take a long time to form. There's a, a big lag from cause to effect. And we aren't yet seeing the full effects of rising interest rates. And so we think things will get worse before they get better. And we think assets of all kinds will continue to experience markdowns although not uniformly. And, you know, we and investors have to kind of survive that period that, that we think will be temporary where asset values are broadly depressed and borrowing costs are significantly higher compared to kind of the near zero rate to interest environment of the last decade. And so in the midst of that, we continue to protect the downside while optimizing for opportunity. 
And so we do that by we continue to position our portfolio to withstand this new norm of inflation and rising interest rates. Our strategy, again, is focused on industrial and SFR single-family residential build-to-rent within the Sun Belt, um, both of which we think will be resilient in an inflationary environment. And then we've repositioned defensively over the last 12 to 18 months, so lowering effective overall leverage within our portfolio and then building up greater cash reserves. And, and we think new opportunities will emerge as otherwise attractive assets with kind of deep intrinsic value um, and strong growth potential will basically go on sale. So like late-stage growth equity. We've just launched an innovation fund focused on more venture capital-type investments, and then opportunistic credit credit opportunities where investors can capitalize on kind of the, the over-leverage and short-sightedness of so many in the financial markets over the last decade. And so, you know, resiliency through this economic environment depends on preparation. That includes having investments with stable underlying cash flow streams, sufficient liquidity, and, and again, relatively modest leverage. And so, you know, being prepared for the different stages of opportunistic investment opportunities that will kind of present over that evolution through to what we think is a likely recession coming and then eventual rebound is what, what, what we're kind of um, looking forwards towards. There's a balance of people who listen to the show. There's people who are maybe saving up for their first home that are considering that. And then there's people who are, hey, I, w- I would like to invest in single family real estate to be an income stream. Are you a part of this conversation recently about REITs buying up all this real estate and single family homes? And how do you guys have those conversations with people who want to maybe on one side just buy their first home with, are you guys having a lot of them for rent? How does that conversation happen with you guys at Fundrise? Are you supporting that conversation? How, how is that going? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're definitely part of that narrative because we are such a big buyer in the SFR space. I, I would distinguish what we're buying from what an everyday individual like me or, or you are trying to buy in the markets. You know, we, we aren't buying off MLS. We aren't buying scattered homes. We are wor- working directly with builders while they're in the process of building, buying entire neighborhoods that are being built for the purpose of rent. You know, you, you see in, you know, in, in this economy, a lot of millennials, Gen Zs are, are not able to buy their first homes when they thought they would for various reasons, inflation, rising interest rates uh, among, but they don't want to live in an apartment anymore and they, they want to live in a house. And so we believe we're, you know, contributing to building up the availability of, of rental homes for people to live in until they can buy their first house and not competing with everyday investors because they aren't going to be buying whole neighborhoods that are, that are intended for rent. Now, everybody, if you're interested in learning more about Fundrise, you can go to marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Fundrise. That's marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Fundrise. I am an affiliate with Fundrise. I am also an investor with Fundrise. So if you check out that affiliate, not only are you going to learn more about Fundrise and get started with investing, but you're also going to support this show. So Allison, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Andy. This is super fun. As a quick reminder, this show is for entertainment purposes only, my friends. Be sure to seek out a professional for your specific financial situation. Now, to keep this show running and to help your buddy Andy smile, I'd like to ask you to do a quick favor for this Family Empowering Podcast. If you like this show, if you like what we're putting out here, please leave us a positive rating and review in Apple Podcasts or Spotify. That type of feedback is going to help more people find 
and consider this show. Now, to encourage you to leave a review, each month we do a book giveaway. This quarter, we're going to be giving away three different books from past podcast guests. The first one is The Good Enough Job, Reclaiming Life from Work by Simone Stolzoff, A Healthy State of Panic by Farnoosh Torabi, and Everybody Fights, So Why Not Get Better at It by Kim and Penn Holderness. And to help me pick the winner this week, I've got my awesome daughter Zoe, Zoe Hill here. How are you, baby? Again. How's it going? Good. Did you enjoy your holiday? Yeah. Did you have some relaxation time? Yes. Did you like playing with your friends? Yes. Tell me your favorite thing that we did over the holiday. Hang out with friends and going ice skating. Yeah, that was fun going ice skating. And you got to spend some time with friends. You did a double sleepover with some friends, right? Yeah. That's cool. Well, it's always good to spend time with friends and family over the holiday. Zoe, I've got a lot of questions for you. Before we pick that review winner, let's do a money quiz. And some of it's going to be about the holidays and Christmas. What do you think? (laughs) All right, let's start the money quiz. Question number one. Zoe, Christmas time, people are buying presents and they're buying experiences to create a fun holiday, just like you had. You know, we spent a lot of money as well and a lot of, uh, you know, things that went into that. But sometimes people buy more stuff and experiences than they can actually afford. Now, Zoe, according to LendingTree, around 30% of Americans take on debt just to afford Christmas. How much debt did those people take on average for Christmas last season? Is it A, $150, B, $1,500, or C, $15,000? Is it B? It's B, correct. (laughs) Of the 30 to 50% people who took on debt, they took on around $1,500. Yikes, right, you know? So let's jump to question number two. Zoe, for Christmas, I saw you create a budget home, and my heart just felt so full and proud because you made a budget and it just made me smile. Why is it a smart thing to do to create a budget for your Christmas shopping and your gift giving? Zoe, why was that important for you to do? It was important for me to do because I didn't want to go into debt where I didn't have enough money, so I had to make sure I had enough money to give gifts to everyone. Correct! That's a great answer! You you wanted to spend money? You actually had set aside for giving gifts and celebrating Christmas. I'm very proud of you, Zoe. Now, question number three. We're going on a family vacation to Mexico, baby. Now, to test your Spanish-speaking knowledge, I'm going to say a word in English, and you're going to have to say it in Spanish. You ready? Hello. Hola. Correct. Goodbye. Adios. How are you? Como estas? My name is Zoe. Me llamo Zoe. You're so good at this. Where is the beach? Whereas is the beach? That was not even close. All right, ready? Donde? Donde? Esta? Esta? La? La? Playa? Beach? No, not beach. <laughs> playa. 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 There you go. Good job. All right. You got all three correct, sort of, especially at the end. Congratulations, Zoe. Thank you for playing along with this little money quiz. Yeah. All right. Now let's move on to our review of the month. And Zoe, I've got some sad news. We received zero reviews. (laughs) 
<laughs> since the last time you and I did this, I think people were maybe busy with the holiday and they forgot to leave a nice review for the show. So instead of reading a review from the past time since we've mm-hmm. done one, uh, we're just going to pick a random number between the amount of reviews we got for the, the last year. So we got 26 last year, which is great. So we're going to pick a random number between 1 and 26. Does that sound like a plan? Yeah. All right, Zoe, can you pick a number between 1 and 26 with our electronic friend? Hey, Google, pick a number between 1 and 26. 11. All right. Our 11th review would be from Frustrated CW. And they called it a great show. Zoe, can you read this? I've been listening to MKM for over a year now, and it has motivated me to get my finances in order and start pursuing fire. And while this is a financial show, it's also a family show. I love when Andy's family comes on and they share their lives with us. Absolutely my favorite money podcast. Oh, what a nice review. Thank you so much, Frustrated CW. I am a words of affirmation guy, and I love when you get good words over here. Right, Zoe? Yeah, so thank you, Zoe, for reading it, and thank you to Frustrated CW. Now, Frustrated CW, I don't have your email, so if you could please do me a favor and email me at team at marriagekidsmoney.com or andy at marriagekidsmoney.com. Send me a screenshot of that review and contact me. That way I can give you one of the great books that we talked about at the top of the show for free. We'll send it over to you as a thanks. And everyone, I'm going to be doing the same thing again next month. Zoe will be here and we'll have the same books. So please, if you want to be a part of this, leave a review for us in Apple Podcasts or Spotify and take a screenshot of that review and then send it my way again at team at marriagekidsmoney.com or andy at marriagekidsmoney.com. And that way you can send us an email with that picture and we'll include you so we don't have zero reviews <laughs> next time we do this. Right, Zoe? Yeah. Awesome. Well, Zoe, Zoe, thank you. Zoe, thank you. Zoe, what did I say? Zoe, thank you so, so much for being here and You're being so a part. In the spirit of growth and inspiration, my daughter Zoe is going to end the show with a quote today from Barack Obama. A budget is more than just a series of numbers on a page. It's an embodiment of our values. All right, everybody, define your values and make sure you and your money are working in concert with those values. On three, one, two, three. Four. Carpe diem. 